the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, the man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the Investigators in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Seeker slash Mystic Investigator in the box, Norman Withers. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these investigator reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that graces the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back uh, to talk about more investigators from the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the Seeker Investigator, Norman Withers, the Astronomer. Norman has four willpower, five intellect, two combat, and one agility. The Miskatonic trait, his special ability is play with the top card of your deck revealed. Once per round, you may play the top card of your deck as if it were in your hand at minus one resource cost. He has a forced effect after a weakness is revealed while on top of your deck. Draw it. His Elder Sign ability is uh, plus X. You may swap the top card of your uh, deck with a card in your hand. X is the resource cost of the top card of your deck. He has six health and uh, eight sanity. Now, Norman is in uh, an interesting position in terms of investigators because uh, of all of the investigators in the Edge of the Earth box, Norman has actually been out for quite some time. His uh, promo copy was released in the uh, Ire of the Void novella, which uh, was released... Man, at this point, it was about three years ago, so Norman has been available for quite some time. I think he's actually the, of all the promo investigators, he is the one who went the longest between uh, being spoiled and actually appearing uh, in print. Uh, of course, Norman, when he was released with his uh, replacement signature cards, uh, Split the Angle and uh, Vengeful Hound, so players have been building Norman decks with those two cards for years at this point. With the release of Edge of the Earth, Norman now has his real signature cards, uh, the Livre Dubon and uh, the Harbinger, which uh, change up his deck building uh, quite a bit uh, from the old deck. The other thing to note about Norman is that uh, he was the first investigator to have the, uh, the deck building restrictions that are now on all of the investigators in the Edge of the Earth expansion. He starts off as a seeker, uh, being a, an astron astronomer who works in a university, but uh, he does not remain a seeker. Uh, once he gains some experience points, he begins to delve deeper into the mysteries of the mythos and uh, becomes a full-blown mystic by the, uh, by the end of the game. Now, Norman's stat line is uh, very, very good in terms of uh, sort of the key things you want to be doing in this game, those being A, surviving willpower treacheries and uh, investigating locations. He's not going to have too much trouble passing willpower skill tests with four willpower, and there are plenty of cards available in the Mystic card pool that can bump that to a five or a six uh, relatively easily. Of course, five intellect is amazing. I'll say it once, I'll say it again, that, that uh, playing a five intellect investigator is uh, almost like night and day in this game. The ability to pick up clues at all but the highest shroud locations uh, can make this game uh, very, very easy. Of course, Norman is a, an old man who uh, is not uh, pumping iron in the uh, Miskatonic gym. He's uh, busy staring through his telescope, so he has, only has two combat and one agility, which means, uh, A, enemy management is going to be something of an issue. You're really going to have to lean on that willpower in order to deal with enemies, or cards like Mind Over Matter to boost those, uh, those skills up a little bit higher in order to uh, fight or evade. And, of course, depending on the campaign, Norman could be in quite a bit of trouble, especially in something like the Forgotten Age that really tests uh, agility. Poor Norman is going to be uh, 
probably end up poisoned at some point, so uh, you may want to bring along some some provisions to uh, to help them out. What do you guys think about uh, Norman's stat line? Yeah, I could imagine it would also be very good in Circle Undone, where that also asks you uh... to do quite a few uh, willpower skill tests, in addition to the haunted effect being uh, failing investigate checks. So having five intellect to make sure you pass those tests is nice. He might struggle in Innsmith a bit, because Innsmith is another campaign that asks you to do quite a bit of evasion both okay. in the enemies and some of the more annoying treachery cards i believe are evasion skill tests so he might struggle a bit in that but i really like that ability to be able to play cards from the top of your deck at minus one resource that's essentially draw a card and gain a resource yeah if you set it up every turn mm -hmm. i mean think um think like joe diamond he gets kind of a similar ability where he gets like a side card that he can you know play from his hunch deck at a lower cost every round and norman kind of gets to do the same thing the thing that separates norman from joe is that norman lets you manipulate your deck to kind of set up what's on top to maximize its usefulness i mean i'm immediately thinking ward of protection mm -hmm. uh, in norman to, to deal with those treacheries like if you have a ward of protection sitting on top of your deck it's like i pay zero I cancel that agility treachery, and then I get another card. You know, it's like I've kind of it's like you've drawn it. You know, so max value right there. Right? Yeah, and it, it makes yeah. card draw interesting in this deck too, because mm -hmm. you can, you know, sort of cycle through cards and dig for mm -hmm. you know extra things. It kind of gives you like a plus one in all of your search effects in that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, and also it's. Worth noting that, okay, after a weakness is revealed while on top of your deck, draw it. Okay, so it even though you have to take the weakness earlier than you thought you would, it's gone. It didn't, it's not like sucking up your, like an action draw or your upkeep draw, right? Mm -hmm. Because the weakness just, it just goes right into your hand. And I guess what I'm saying is it's like even the weakness part, it's like a free draw. You know, you mm -hmm. it doesn't even take up your free play for the turn. You just, your weakness just goes away, you know. Yeah, you have to deal with it, and you know you weren't, re you might not be have been ready for it, but yeah, I think you make a good point there, nice. Matastrophic. You know, when you're yeah. when you're drawing during the upkeep phase, it it always feels pretty bad when you draw a weakness during the upkeep phase because not only have you now drawn a weakness that you have to deal with, but you've lo basically lost that draw that was going to help you further down that maybe you know maybe even the next round you needed a card either to commit to a skill test or you were looking for a particular asset to play and the weakness has you've drawn that weakness in place of that card and so it's sort of a double setback so the you know the fact that norman just gets the weakness in his hand automatically is is nice the the problem i find with norman is that Drawing a weakness during the upkeep phase is generally better than during your turn, and often with Norman you can end up pulling that weakness during your yeah. turn and you're not ready for it. This is particularly bad with those weaknesses um, that uh, cause you to lose health and sanity unless you do X during your turn. So if you say end up drawing into that weakness, suddenly you're getting pinged for a damage or a horror that you weren't expecting, or you draw an enemy weakness that suddenly it's like, oh, I'm fine, and then suddenly you draw this enemy weakness, and now you're being attacked during the enemy phase and taking damage and horror that you weren't expecting. And, you know, horror, not so much of an issue for Norman. He has eight sanity, so that's not a big deal. But six health, you know, that's going to chip away at that pretty, pretty rapidly if you're getting attacked and potentially... You know, if you, unless you're able to deal with that enemy quickly, you can run into trouble. Now, Norman's signature cards, uh, his replacement signature cards, did include an enemy weakness. Now, it wasn't that the Vengeful Hound wasn't the most difficult enemy to deal with. You know, typically one shriveling charge was more than enough to to take care of it. But it could, uh, if you do end up drawing a um, an enemy as your basic weakness, then that's something you need to keep in mind because. You're probably not going to draw it during the upkeep phase, so you're going to have to deal with it uh, at some point. But Norman's special ability is is very, very good. You know, Seekers tend to be very good at generating 
extra resources as it is and so the ability to play a card off the top of your deck for a little bit cheaper makes you know there are some of those um, some seeker cards that are just a little too pricey for other investigators to play and so norman can play uh, those cards uh, a little bit cheaper which uh, is nice when i've played norman i think initially in my decks i was playing emergency cash and cards like that to generate extra resources and then ended up just pulling them because between the resource generation i was getting from cards like dr mylan christopher and then the minus one resource cost on on events and assets i was fine for fine for resources so it, uh, it wasn't uh, that big a deal there are uh, we have seen plenty of cards sort of released over the years that uh, talk about the top card of your deck and obviously norman is the ideal investigator to be if you want to play those types of cards then they are really geared towards norman because he always knows what the top card of his deck is and that of course besides being able to play that card as a sort of an extra card in your hand, it, it does allow you to plan a little bit ahead and say, okay, I have X on top of my deck. I want to move, fight, or investigate. How does this help me? And then, of course, Norman has received several cards, both his, his new signature cards as well as cards in the Edge of the Earth that allow him to manipulate the card on top of his deck. So... The one thing to note is about when Norman was initially released and he had to work with Split the Angle and Vengeful Hound is that Norman decks tended to avoid playing a lot of skills because skills basically blanked his ability. If a skill right. was on top of your deck, there was nothing you could really do about it besides playing Split the Angle. And generally, Split the Angle was better to commit than play. The abilities on it weren't that good, so if you drew too many skill if you put too many skills in your norman deck they could end up on top of your deck and then you were like well now my ability has been turned off and you have to do some sort of trick to to fix the problem uh, norman's new signature cards alleviate that problem to a greater extent and so you're seeing norman decks now that are actually including a full complement of skills and having cards that uh, that can manipulate them so that's one of the biggest changes between sort of the Norman of old and the Norman of new is is the deck composition has shifted where I think in my old Norman decks I play like the bare minimum of skills. It's like okay, I need deduction and maybe unexpected courage to pass yeah. a combat skill test or an agility skill test. That was about it. But now, you know, the if you look at some of the Norman decks that are available, they're playing 10, 11 skills because they have the cards to manipulate them now norman's elder sign effect is one of the wonkier elder sign effects in the game it's plus x which is equal to the top card of your of your deck now again here is where the uh, skills are not your friend because skills don't have a cost so they're basically zeros but this it does give you the option to swap the top card of your deck with a card in your hand i've played a lot of games with norman and i might have swapped once maybe twice <laughs> it's just not something yeah. that happens all that often yeah, well, yeah. at least it does something where a lot of the elder signs that are just plus x that's it like it might as well be a plus zero practically at least this one even if the top card of your deck is a skill at least it does something regardless mm -hmm. of whether you succeed or fail yeah so. that's how i feel about it it's like elder signs really vary anyway you know we, we were actually talking about that recently in a in an episode of the show but you know like at least it like matt said it does something and mm -hmm. it's something you want to do and don't really want to invest cards in yeah so like having it is nice yeah, plus if um if you're drawing that elder sign during your turn, I think this it can help the whole Norman stacking the top card of his deck strategy. It's just a little thing that may not come up very often, but Yeah, I mean it's better than Finn's Elder Sign, right? Yeah. Finn's Elder Sign gets you clues. Come on, man. What are you talking about? That that's one of the better Elder Signs. Now Finn's is like plus one for each exhausted enemy, man. Yeah, but you get a clue. Do you really? 
Yeah, look at it. Two hours later. But anyway, oh, yeah. we're talking about wait, Norman. Wait, we're talking about Norman here. So, uh, yeah, Norman's front side is uh, is very, very good. Four willpower is going to help you in many a campaign. There's uh, very rarely that you're not going to run into willpower treacheries. Of course, Norman is part mystic, uh, especially uh, as you gain some experience, and that just helps you cast those spells. Five intellect, amazing. Can't go wrong there. Enemy management, uh, back, you know, if this was the core set days, two combat and one agility would be pretty, I'd be pretty worried about playing Norman solo, but uh, Seekers have received so many cards to mitigate their low combat and agility over the years that that's almost not even a, an issue anymore, as long as you're somewhat... Uh, competent about building your deck you can mitigate those those downsides the the biggest issue you're going to run into is just in some campaigns where there are going to be treacheries that are going to really hard lock you like just even from the core set like a locked door for norman is a nightmare uh, unless you've got a way to to bypass it all the all the intellect in the world isn't going to going to help you in that case but uh, and of course you get the uh, the action the uh, resource advantage as well from his uh, his special ability so very uh, very good there the only i think trouble you could run into with that front side is that okay so norman your higher level cards you want them to be mystic cards well they have to be mystic cards thing is a lot of the mystic investigation cards use your willpower you want to be but you want to be using your five intellect to do investigation so, Mr. Lang, in the past, what what have you done? Have you used intellect with Norman? Have you focused on that, or have you investigated with willpower? What what, what worked for you? Well, we'll get we'll get into that here with Norman's deck building restrictions because that does that does raise an interesting question. I think back in the day, you would have had to have gone to willpower because you needed to use right of seeking if you wanted to gather multiple clues. I think with the new series of uh, mystic slash seeker assets, uh, particularly like divination, that gives you the choice. That right. that issue has been largely alleviated. So you play divination instead. You're getting the extra clues you need, and then you have the choice of using intellect or willpower. Unlike, say, right of seeking or or some of the others uh, that are available out there that uh, that forced you into to using willpower. So. Speaking of Norman's deck building options, deck size 30, of course, uh, he has Seeker cards level 0, Mystic cards level 1 to 5, Neutral cards level 0 to 5, and up to 5 other Mystic cards level 0. He has uh, deck building requirements, uh, which do not count towards his deck size, are the Livre de Bon and the Harbinger, and of course one basic weakness. Now Norman's kind of an interesting uh, Seeker for one other reason, and that is that... Uh, Seekers tend to be, you know, in terms of clovers, they, they go to a location and just slurp up all the clues very quickly. Norman can't really do that all that well. There are He has received some cards that can help with that. I mean, obviously in the core set you've got Deduction, which can give him an extra clue. Uh, fingerprint Kit was released during the Circle Undone cycle that can get him extra clues as well, but being a uh, a seeker who can't take level one to five seeker cards he's basically locked out of all of the clue tech like archaic glyphs he can't take any oh. of the any of those sort of strange solution archaic glyphs ancient stones any of that stuff is uh, is off limits for him which means if you're going to play norman as your primary cluver then you've got to look over at the mystic card pool and start looking at cards like Right of Seeking. The higher level versions, I think it's two and five, is that correct? Uh, you've got two and four. Two and four. You've yeah. got uh, Divination, level one and four. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, a few of the others. Obviously, Divination here being better for him because he can leverage that intellect. So if you're playing Norman as, a, as the primary cluver, you need to, to sort of think a little bit about how you're going to be gathering all those extra clues because 
compared to a traditional Seeker, Norman is going to be a little bit slower because he simply doesn't have access to, say, Deduction 2, which if you're playing a Seeker in multiplayer, Deduction 2 is pretty much a staple, and Norman doesn't get that. So what well, do you guys see. think? What he, well, what he does get, he gets Magnifying Glass. He gets Dr. Malone Christopher if he wants to generate resources. He gets Deduction. He gets Working a Hunch. He gets, and here's a thought, because he, have five, he has five intellect, I think Cryptographic Cipher can work pretty well for him. Mm -hmm. um, because the Cryptographic Cipher, you can free action investigate at where, but the location is plus one shroud. I think his, his intellect is high enough that he can get extra clues that way. So I think in level zero seeker, I think he can make it work. Yeah, I think it's improved oh, a lot, yeah. you know, with the additional yeah. cards like Cryptographic Cipher, Cipher and Fingerprint mm -hmm. Kit in particular. You know, back when Norman was initially yeah. released, those cards weren't available. So mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to, to sort of cobble together enough clues with what he had. But, you know, over the years, we've seen these cards come out that let him grab clues as a free action or in the case of fingerprint kit, gather multiple clues on an investigation until he can lean into that uh, that uh, mystic side. Now, when I sit down to build a Norman deck, I generally start with the uh, with the five mystic cards because man, oh man, there is a lot of competition for those five mystic slots now. Traditionally, Mystics just, you know, if you sit down to build a Mystic deck, you're usually reaching for things like Arcane Research. Uh, there's also now Down the Rabbit Hole. But that's not necessarily the easiest choice to make with somebody like Norman because Arcane Research counts against those Mystic slots. So you have to decide, do I want the extra XP to upgrade my spells, which... Norman doesn't start with a whole lot of spells to begin with, so that may not be, you know... Yeah. There Super used to be a lot of debate about whether Norman plays Shriveling or not, and that was the obvious one that you wanted to upgrade. But with something like Arcane Research, you're just not generally going to have enough Mystic spells to be upgrading out of. Of course, the, you've got to decide on allies. Uh, Norman likes cards like Research Librarian, primarily for the new Astronomical Atlas. Uh, but, of course, you've got Dr. Mylan Christopher. But then on the Mystic side, you've got Arcane Initiate, which can help him find the spells he needs faster, which is very tempting. Uh, you've got uh, cards like um, uh, got David, David Renfield. Renfield. Yeah. And uh, if you want to play you can sort of play in encounter deck control style build out of norman so uh if you want to play um what's her name uh, Alyssa graham Alyssa graham right. is is another option and Alyssa does bump his his intellect even higher yeah. up to six so there are some pretty good choices uh in the mystic card pool but man five slots doesn't go very far especially when you've got all those staples like Ward of Protection sitting there. Now, when I was building Norman, I would generally leave Ward of Protection out to begin with and just sort of rely on his four willpower to carry the day until I could upgrade some cards, remove a couple of those level zero mystic cards, and then put the Ward of Protections back in if I needed them. If you're playing multiplayer, that's not such a big issue because you can simply upgrade to Ward 2, which is what you want to have anyway so you're not uh, you don't have to sort of spend xp on level zero cards there are so many good mystic cards that work well with with norman uh, again we've got something like saint hubert's key right which gives you plus one willpower and plus one intellect which just mm -hmm. feeds right into what norman is doing but you know with only five slots you're basically getting one two maybe three mystic cards if you're doubling up and there's mm -hmm. there are just so many choices. Yeah, okay. like I was having the debate of like which resource generation ally do you play? Do you play Mylan Christopher or do you play do you play David Renfield? Because they they do serve a very similar purpose, but I like you could make arguments for both. I think because yeah, Renfield has the extra health soak, which is actually really nice. 
and, yeah. and it's the so willpower that you're boost okay with zooming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so that you're okay with using because you want him to go away. Yeah, yeah. versus <laughs> Mylan Christopher, who's much more fragile but doesn't take up those crucial slots. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's a really tough decision to make. And then another card I was thinking about is Deny Existence, which is a great card in Mystic oh. Decks, but is really taxing in Norman. Yeah. At least at level zero. The level five version feels more of a luxury a lot of the time than necessary. No, you got me thinking, right? Deny existence because that can help. That can really help him compensate for his lack of agility and his lack of combat, especially agility, because you know there's quite a few agility treacheries that deal damage. He only has six health. Deny existence. Boom. He could even, even though he won't get the discount, he could even play it off the top of his deck. You know. And, yeah, and to deny existence just lets you do lines of play you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Because you can kind of just face tank something and then just deny existence it away. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. much more difficult in Norman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, those slots are difficult because you kind of want everything, but you, you can't. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there's a lot of options. I'm looking through the cards that he can take right now and... There's a lot of options. I think a way you could do it is you can do like, you have like two of the mystic slots can go to a spell that deals with enemies, whether it's like Missive Relay or Shriveling. And then you have like two Deny Existences and then a a something, whatever you want. <laughs> then mm. you're good. Yeah, I guess. Wow, it is tough. <laughs> Five is very small. Yeah. So I'm almost wondering if you you sort of plan your seeker cards to be pseudo mystic cards in a way, yeah, or at least like cards that you plan on upgrading out of, yeah, mm-hmm. and then have those five slots be something wholly unique that you can't do otherwise, which is sort okay. of counterintuitive. But... So Nate, you sound like a guy who's gonna investigate using intellect. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I like, feel like fingerprint kid is probably just enough. Like you're, that's, yeah. you're at a six at that point. Yeah, throw in some magnifying glasses that you can play fast from the top of your deck for zero, and you're good to go on investigation. Yeah, yeah, at zero XP. So, so you're talking about use your mystic slots for things that are not investigation. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you upgrade. You can do mystic upgrades that. Do yeah, and I, that's I, I don't think that that's yeah. like what most people don't do it seems like you know if you're talking about upgrading into shriveling and stuff like that that's that's what you're doing with those slots right Mm -hmm. so i think Um, one option that you might be able to get away with with norman because he does get that you know you are looking at the top card of your deck and you're going to be able to draw through your deck a little bit faster is simply going with singletons in the mystic slot and saying okay if I was playing a regular Mystic, I'd be playing two copies of Deny Existence or Promise of Power or Word of Protection or stuff like that. But due to Norman's deck building restrictions and his ability to draw through his deck a little bit quicker, okay, maybe I can get away with one copy. And so you give yourself a little bit more, you get to play more of those cards, but you're only playing one copy. So you're going down to one Deny, one Promise. If you're playing, say, St. Hubert's Key, one St. Hubert's Key, and just relying on on draw and tutors and stuff like that to to carry the day. So you're, those deck slots aren't quite as tight as uh, as they yeah. they are when you I mean, start building. That actually makes sense. That actually makes sense because I think Norman can very much afford preposterous sketches, which can be kind of annoying to afford to afford as a seeker, but Norman I think can do it because it only costs him one if he plays it off the top of his deck. Yeah, No Stone yeah. Unturned is another nice card for Norman too, because yeah, it, it kind of essentially allows you to look at seven cards because you you look at the top six and then you you shuffle your deck and then you see oh, that you get another one. You get sure. another card, so okay. You know that's kind of a nice synergy, and if you don't like the top card of your deck then you can just get rid of it. So that's mm-hmm. that's a nice feature. Yeah, and that that makes a good a good case for maybe you play some mystic tome. Like I was thinking, oh, what's the name of that uh one that lets you draw 3 and discard 1? Oh, that might yeah. be useful. Right, right. Right. I I scroll of prophecy. 
Yes. Yeah. You could play like one of those because you're already playing two copies of your research librarian. So maybe you happen to draw one of them in your opening hand and now at least the research librarian has something to go get you. Yeah, it's true. Norman does have Eureka as well. And while skills would have been sort of verboten in the in the old Norman builds, you can play more skills so you can between things like Eureka and then, of course, you've got Written in the Stars that allows you to manipulate your deck, Foresight that allows you to sort of manipulate your deck. You've got all of these options to sort of, I need X card, okay, I'm even though I'm only playing one copy, I'm going to have a better chance of, of grabbing it than, say, an investigator who's who's playing a, you know, a deck that doesn't have have all that manipulation. I should mention there are a couple things to note about Norman. One, uh, when do you flip the top card of your deck? You don't do that until the first turn of the game. There was a, there was some debate back in the day. When does Norman's, when do you flip that card? You flip it right when your turn starts. So you draw your hand as normal and do all that stuff. You don't like sit down, flip the top card of your deck. Oh, I drew my weakness. Oh crap. Now what happens? Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Yeah. You just <laughs> draw the top card of your, you draw your five cards, then you flip the card, then you deal with it. So Norman can end up drawing his weakness on turn one. If that's an enemy that could hurt quite a bit. <laughs> if you're, especially if you're playing solo and you're not able, you're not set up to deal with an enemy. Suddenly you've got this enemy to deal with. That's, that's pretty bad. Uh, the other thing worth noting is that uh, if you are forced to discard cards from the top of your deck, cards are discarded all at once, not one at a time. So you're not discarding oh. a card, flipping the top card of your deck, it's discarding a, a card. So you yeah. would have to like run Got through it. every single weakness you draw. You simply, uh -huh. if you say discard five, you just discard the top five, then flip the top card of your deck and deal with it that way. I remember back in the day i played a norman game where i wasn't playing that way i was discard i was doing it one at a time and i think i hit every single weakness in my deck and it was incredibly Eight. painful painful to do it that way so yeah, yeah well that's that's important to bring that up because that is how it works in most other card games is that you oh, do it one, one at, at a time. time so that's that is really important to, that you bring that up Oh man, I'm suddenly imagining that when you have overzealous as your weakness. I did have or... overzealous as my weakness. <laughs> yeah. Or spoilers for Edge of the Earth, you're playing oh. Edge of the Earth and you have like four or five Tekalilis in your deck. Ouch. Oh. But on the other hand, though, that's where Norman's special ability to just draw through them without spending any actions is good because you, yeah. you just blow through the Tekalilis. You know? And you have Danforth. And then you draw more cards and hug it. Yeah, then there are more Tekka Lilies, blow through them, and mm -hmm. fine, yeah. One of the things I do like about Norman's uh, deck building options is that you can build quite a few different decks in uh, using his ability. I mean, you can, if you want to play him as a classic Kluver, you can do that. There's, you can cobble together enough uh, clue discovery to, to make that work. Uh, as I mentioned, there is sort of an encounter deck manipulation build that you can uh, play out of Norman using cards like uh, his replacement uh, uh, card, Split the Angle and uh, Alyssa Graham. That combo works particularly well because you can peek at the top card with Alyssa Graham and then not add the doom and then you split the angle to get rid of the card and of course we've received many cards in, since Norman was released that allow you to to sort of boost up that strategy parallel fates being one from edge of the earth that you uh, may want to consider I've even seen players build uh Mind's Eye decks using Norman, uh, Mind's Eye being from Weaver of the Cosmos that takes up both arcane slots. And uh, that gives you the option of using your willpower for combat and agility skill tests. Yeah. And obviously that's something that Norman is uh, quite happy to do. And uh, I had a chance to test one of those decks and it actually worked surprisingly well. And uh, mm -hmm because seekers have so many ways of adding extra secrets keeping mind's eye on the table was uh, was relatively 
relatively easy. So I think there are lots of interesting builds that you can make uh, make out of Norman uh, that uh, that make him a little bit more flexible than some of the others, where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to discover as many clues as as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah, Norman is really fascinating. I think for more veteran players. But I feel like he could be pretty intimidating for a newer player just trying to get their grips with the game, you know, because there's a lot going on with Norman. And yeah. I think he, I think they did a good job of giving him enough in the Edge of the Earth box that you could, if you really wanted to, build a pretty competent deck with him. Having five intellect helps too. You know, yeah, so you have enough tools with just what's in the box. But then as you expand your collection, you know, it becomes really vast and you know he has a lot of flexibility to him which is i think one of his key strengths yeah i see what you mean nate like um for a newer player just the fact that he uh can't deal with a locked door you know without some planning because you know, uh not exactly someone you want to hand you know you don't want to hand that tech to someone on their you know their first day yeah, or even, you know, even just being bogged down with an enemy that they, yeah. you know, didn't properly plan to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, be ready. it's usually the, the enemies that... Uh, locked door is a huge pain in the butt. But, uh, I mean, if you've opted to spend one of your level zero slots on Sixth Sense, there is a way to get around it uh, by investigating it at another location and sneaking in the back door. Uh, enemies if you are playing with his replacement signatures can be an issue but mind over matter really helps you've got of mm. course i've got a plan now if you want to go that way if you can get enough clues to sort of boost that up there was a, another card that was released in uh, was it occult what's the card from uh, harvey walter's deck oh i know what you're talking about occult invocation occult yeah. invocation that lets you take care of an enemy and even just you know <laughs> promise a power <laughs> it's like four wild skill icons is gonna yeah. you know if you need to kill a rat you're sitting at six so that's that's pretty good if you need to evade an enemy you're sitting at a five so you can't really go wrong there that brings us to norman's signature cards that being uh, the livre de bon it is a two-cost asset with two willpower skill icons and a wild skill icon item relic and tome traits norman withers deck only as a free triggered ability, you can exhaust the Lever de Bone to swap the top card of your deck with a card in your hand. And as a free triggered ability, exhaust Lever de Bone, commit the top card of your deck to an eligible skill test performed by an investigator at your location. And it uh, takes up a hand slot. As you were saying, Nate, this pretty much does everything that Norman wants to do. Uh, you can play more skills in your deck. You have... Mm -hmm a very easy ability way of manipulating that top card of your deck whether you say want to swap so you can play that say saint hubert's key for a little bit cheaper you may not have the resources i swap now it's a little bit cheaper or if you end up with a deduction on the top of your deck and you need to happen to investigate voila you can uh, you can commit it uh, from the top of your deck thus freeing up that that slot, so then maybe you play the next card for cheap. Yes. Also, uh, one, one thing I noticed that this combos really well with any effect that lets you shuffle your deck. Mm. Because if you have a card you don't want, you put it on top in exchange for a card that's probably that might be better, then you shuffle your deck with something, and then you got a new card that you could play you know, for, for cheaper. So I think then there's some real synergy going on there. That's the brainstorm synergy. Brainstorm I, plus fetchland. I was not going to be the one to uh, say brainstorm plus fetchland, but, uh... but that's that's the interaction. <laughs> let's be let's be. Blind. I left it to you, Nate. I left it to you. <laughs> I mean, that is a very powerful interaction for a reason. It's oh yeah, <laughs> you're going plus one in card advantage, which is very good. And yeah, I mean, this is just a great signature card for him. Not only does he have easy access to it with Research Librarian, but it does exactly what he needs it to do, which is yeah. manipulate the top of his deck. And if you, for whatever reason, don't see it until late in the game, it's got three willpower icons. That's so good. That's true. That is a lot. <laughs> 
the one thing I will say against it though is that it does take up the hand slot, so it, right. it does limit what you can what you can do with your seeker cards because a lot of the seeker cards that help you investigate, like magnifying glass, like fingerprint crate, take up a hand slot, so you're limited in what you can do. The uh, seekers have received a couple cards uh, since Norman's initial release that uh, can give them a slot for a tome. So I believe it's Arcane Enlightenment. Haven't been a huge fan of that card a lot of the time, but Norman might want to look at that simply just to give himself an extra hand slot so he can have his uh, his book on the table, as well as magnifying glasses and, uh, and a fingerprint mm -hmm. kit if necessary. Yeah, and then that leads you into the, oh, well, now I'm taxing another one of my arcane slots, so now I can't play Mind's Eye if I wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, but yeah, I do so think you're that just the gonna book have is to take it. a you're gonna have to take um sign magic to take up one of your hand slots to give you another arcane slot <laughs> to make up for the arcane slot that you spent on a hand slot. Oh my god. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's genuinely hilarious. But yeah, I mean this is a great signature card. Yeah. yeah I think if you, you compare it to say split the angle from that was released with uh, the Ire of the Void book. Uh, just for comparison's sake, Split the Angle lets you spend an action to reveal the top card of the encounter deck, which, Ooh, frankly, that's not good <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> at, it's at all, really. Like, that's just incredibly painful. It did have a free triggered ability to exhaust Split the Angle, so you could discard the top card of your deck to discard the top card of the encounter deck which is where the, the whole combination with Alyssa Graham comes in. And so it did give you a way to, to, to sort of dig through your deck a little bit faster. And I did use it for that in some games and it worked out okay because it's like, I look at the top card of my deck. It's like, it's not the card I need. Okay, I get rid of it. And I get rid of a card on the encounter deck. Who knows, maybe that card would have been bad or good for me. You know, I tried scrying in Norman, didn't work particularly well. I think I tried both scrying zero and scrying three just yeah. to give myself some ideas to whether the, the card I was discarding was good or bad or not. But if you compare split the angle and Livra and the, and the book, the book is just <laughs> so much better. Is there a Norman deck concept that you think might work, Mr. Lang, where you run both? I think so. I think, I don't think okay. it's, I think if you run both, you'd be, you could probably explore that that encounter deck control yeah. build a little bit more. Yeah, because um, I'm looking at split the angle right now, and I can see, especially in like a true solo or two player, if you were able to like filter out all the baddies that you see, like that's pretty good. To be honest, I've never played Norman, but I can see why the action part of split the angle is <laughs> it's yeah. expensive. I, I, know. I think. If Norman had access to survivor cards, this split the angle would be nuts. Because then you could pitch things into your discard pile and recur them with things like scavenging or yeah. scrounge for supplies. And then, yeah. woo, man, you are playing a different ball game at that point. That's true. But what, I'm, what I was thinking is, okay, so Lived, uh, Lived Bon lets you put a card you don't want on top of your deck, and then split the angle lets you discard it from the top of your deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, and that's another that? nice combo too. Combo, you know, yeah. got that going on. Yeah. I do, I do remember playing. Uh, I think it was where Doom awaits. I managed to get split the angle and Alyssa Graham going, and man, oh man, I I felt invincible the entire game. It's just like I knew everything that was coming. If I didn't want to face it, it disappeared. Occasionally, you get say you discard an enemy and get something you know it was hard to get something worse because of norman's high willpower so you just filtered out all the enemies and dealt with the treacheries between that and water protection and stuff like that it was it was really really good it's just you know trying to get that combo going yeah. takes time and that's the biggest issue with it and i think but if you have something like the Harbinger as well to help you, or, or not the Harbinger, but the Livre de Bon to help you assemble that combo a little bit quickly uh, or quicker, uh, I think that could be uh, quite potent as well. And a lot of fun to play. That, that sort of 
Um, I don't think it's quite as over the top as, say, Gloria Goldberg, where you can literally just get a stranglehold over the encounter deck if you get the right combination of cards. Speaking of Norman's signature weakness, it is the Harbinger. It is has the Omen and End Times trait. Revelation, place this card on top of your deck while the Harbinger is revealed and on top of your deck. Cards in your deck cannot be searched, drawn, or manipulated in any way except by the below ability. You have to take two actions to discard the Harbinger. This ability may be activated while the Harbinger is on top of your deck as if it were in your threat area. So a uh, unique weakness in that... Uh, Typically, something like this would probably end up in an investigator's threat area. This one is on top of Norman's deck and basically shuts him down entirely until he takes two actions. Not a big deal. Most uh, weaknesses at this point require two actions to get rid of, and this is uh, yeah. This is similar. And also, it doesn't deal him any damage. It doesn't deal him any horror. It's not an enemy. Like, he can keep functioning as he was without working on this at all. It's not something that you absolutely have to deal with right that minute. It just kind of stops your flow for a while until you spend the time to deal with it. So it's, I don't think it's too bad. No, this feels pretty mild, honestly. It just feels like a two-action tax on a yeah. one turn of the game if you happen to draw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's basically what it is, is... You're going to have to spend, if you want to draw cards again, you're going to have to spend two actions. And yeah. But it's not an enemy, like you say, doesn't deal him damage. So if you're playing in multiplayer and this thing pops, it's like, okay, guys, where are we at in the scenario? If we're right near the end, I might even just play through this. You know, if, yeah, exactly. I, if I've got exactly. enough cards in my hand that I think I can, that I can go through, I'm not going to take those two actions. If you're playing in solo, that's a bit tougher, but at least you say it doesn't require you to act immediately. So if you're in a sticky situation, say you, you have to deal with an enemy first, you're not required to get rid of this and take attacks of opportunity. You can deal with the enemy, get away, and then deal with this at your leisure rather than having to to uh to struggle i do have one rules question when it comes to this card and i i think it's obvious but just want to clarify is that it also stops your draw during upkeep correct i believe so yeah because you what happens is you draw this during upkeep and then it gets put back on top of your deck so you you're constantly drawing this card and constantly having to deal with it no you're not even drawing at all i mean yeah. even during upkeep yeah. Because cannot overrides everything in this game. Yeah. And it says cards cannot be searched, drawn, or manipulated. So even the upkeep draw, not happening. So yeah. that can sting a little bit, but it's, yeah. you know, pretty mild, honestly. Mm -hmm. But it is worth noting in case you, you know, decide to keep it around for a turn or two. Can other players get rid of the Harbinger for you? Uh, I'd assume so, because it's played as though it's in your threat area. Okay, that would make... Yeah, it says it can be activated as if it was yeah. in your threat area, so... Yeah. Oh, maybe activated. Okay, so that kind of implies that anyone can do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so that is an option as well. If if Norman gets stuck and, and yeah. may not be in a good position to deal with this weakness, if you're playing in multiplayer, somebody else can, can spend the actions uh, to deal with it. That's going to do it for our look at uh, Norman Withers, the astronomer, the seeker uh, investigator in the Edge of the Earth uh, investigator expansion. Do you agree or disagree? Have you had? Uh, have you played Norman? What do you think about him? Let us know in the comments down below. Any closing thoughts on Norman? Norman seems like a really fun take on the generic Kluver. He has a lot of unique things going on with him. He's not just scooping up a bunch of clues. He's manipulating his deck. He may be manipulating the encounter deck. He's he's pretty spicy. He's got a lot of neat things going on. I like it. Yeah, and I like how um, love, uh, there's a lot of level zero secret cards and upgraded mystic cards that seem to like 
go together when it comes to deck manipulation. So that's kind of cool. It's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see those two concepts like all in one investigator. Yeah. Yeah, and and Norman Norman covers one of Mystic's biggest problems, which is not being able to find their assets fast enough. Oh right. Yeah. Because he he's got the card draw to facilitate that, and he's you know he's got a little bit of resource generation in there too, which is nice. So. And the intellect means he doesn't have to have right of seeking before he can get started getting clues. Yeah. He's being he come out of the gate. Yeah, that's strong. that's a very good point yeah. in that, you know, with many a mystic, it's like, okay, I can't fight or and I can't investigate. So I need to draw my shriveling and sixth sense or right of seeking, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And the order those come out in can be quite important. With Norman, it's just like, okay, I've got the investigation part handled. I just need some enemy management and I'm, you know, pretty, pretty good to go. So whereas some mystics can be a little bit on the slow side where it's like you're waiting to get those assets that you need, at least Norman can, can plug away and get some clues and filter his deck and start searching for the cards that he needs to, uh, to get set up. I've played a few campaigns with Norman and I've always had a good time with him. I, I really like the, I think seekers tend to just fall into the, a lot of them just tend to be like, I'm just going to brute force all the clues as quickly as possible and, uh, and beat the scenario before it can affect me. And Norman can't really do that as well, but he has a lot of other tools that help him build a variety of decks. And every time I look at Norman, I'm like, okay, well, here's here's an interesting deck, you know, okay, a little bit more on the Kluver side. Oh, here's, you know, the encounter deck manipulation version. Oh, here's a mind's eye version. Here's, you know, you just keep seeing interesting builds that you can that you can work into them. The the latest flavor of I guess the past 6 months has been uh, the uh, Astro Normanical uh, Atlas deck that is uh, over on yeah, Arkham DB true. that has been that uses uh, a combination of astronomical atlas, um, foresight, and uh, written in the stars from Edge of the Earth mm-hmm. to to really manipulate uh, the deck and uh, and go from there. You know, you're using research librarian to find the atlas as quickly as possible. And then uh, and going from there, and that's that's a entirely new Norman build that I haven't had a chance to play. So there are lots of uh, options out there for him, and uh, I think if you sit down and try to build a Norman deck and just look at the even just the first five Mystic cards that you're going to include, you get a sort of an insight into how many different ways uh, you can build a, a Norman deck. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.